You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. Yeah, you know what it is. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. You're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle live and direct on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can catch it so many ways, yo. If you're not listening live, I hope you're still subscribing on iTunes, iHeartRadio, on that audio boom, that stitcher. So many ways to hear Speeds the Spitting Statistician give you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. I got my boy two days in a row, Frankie Stanford with me on the ones and twos, keeping it hot to death like Corey Stringer. We got a lot to look forward to to in this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. If you want to get at me at any point this hour, as always, holler at me at 844-843-6879. You could also catch us on that FNTSY radio Twitter handle. You could always follow me at Spittin' Speeds. You know what it is. Uh, we got some polls up there that we're going to be getting into a little bit later on. Speed Spotlight later on in the episode is on the Seattle Mariners. You know we're going to... Uh, preview that uh, matchups in the TV greatest of all time and Frankie man our boy Le'Veon Bell is at it again we're going to talk about that uh, to wrap up the show we're going to keep it started though top five dead or alive as usual news and notes around the major league baseball AJ Hinch says Alex Bregman will hit in the two hole I think this is important I've been telling you all season long leading up to opening day that I like that two hole for fantasy value you're going to get people that you're going to see a lot of pitches have runners on I like that uh, for Alex Bregman I think that's a nice little boost to his value Yuri's familiar the suspension came down today Mets closer he gets 15 games now Aroldis Chapman got 30 last year. Jose, 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 Jose Reyes last year got an obscene amount. I don't know about this. Like, I don't know the details of the case, and I don't really want to get into all of that. What I will say, though, is remember last year or two years ago when the NFL was getting nailed because of the inconsistency of their suspensions. And I see, uh, you know... Manfred doing some of the same. Yuri's familiar out first 15 games. Addison Reed will be the person getting save opportunities for the Mets in April. Corey Seager expected to play Saturday coming back from an oblique strain. Looks like he's going to be okay for opening day next week. However, Carter Caps will not. He's going to start the season on not the 15-day DL, but the 10-day DL. That's a new thing. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He is a legitimate option, however, to close upon his return. If you're in draft, still drafting. Brandon Maurer is probably who you're looking at, but don't sleep on Carter Capps throughout the season, maybe taking that job. Addison Russell, shortstop for the world champion Chicago Cubs. You haven't said that in about 100 years, but the world champion Chicago Cubs looks like they will have their shortstop, Addison Russell. He's, he declares himself 100% ready for opening day. Lonnie Chisenhall, however, he's going to start the season on the DL with the shoulder injury. Drew Smiley scratched from his start on Friday. I think that's real bad news going into right into opening day to have a uh, your start scratched. I would uh, pump the brakes on him. We'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. And as Tony Sincata told you, 
at the top of this show, Ichiro, Ichiro, the master of the WA, says he might play until he's 50. I don't know, Frankie. You think uh, he might play longer than Tom Brady? Who's going to play there until they're older? We will find out. As we go to the NFL, topic two here on Top 5 Dead or Alive, on the Fantasy Freestyle and the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, some news and notes out of the NFL, the National Football League. Bruce Arians, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, is saying that he wants to get David Johnson 30 touchdowns a game next year and uh, in this world without workhorses in the uh, NFL where a lot of teams are going running back by committee I'm telling you David Johnson should be, in my opinion, the number one overall pick in fantasy, whether he gets to 30 touches or not. But I'm going to tell you something. The Cards may be putting their money where their mouth is. They also declared that they're moving Andre Ellington to wide receiver for the upcoming season. I think that's interesting and may pave the way for more touches for DJ 2K. Brown's executive vice president, Sasha Brown, says he will not rule out a return of Josh Gordon this year. Remember now, that could be an interesting wide-out trio with uh, Josh Gordon. Remember, they signed Kenny Britt, and they're also saying that Corey Coleman is now, quote-unquote, the guy in Cleveland in that wide-out core. Could be worse. Too bad. I don't think it's going to be for Brock Osweiler. I think it's going to be for someone else. Remember yesterday's poll, we talked about backup quarterbacks and that sort of thing. Maybe one of those guys can still get an opportunity in Cleveland. Um, Martavis Bryant is returning from his suspension. It looks like that return is imminent. Uh, he filed for reinstation uh, January 28th. The league must decide within 60 days. That means it's going to happen this week. Remember what Martavis Bryant was able to do opposite Antonio Brown for decent stretches last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, kind of news and notes on all of the quarterbacks from that big class in 2004, uh, who will be throwing Martavis Bryant the ball? You're right. That'll be big Ben Roethlisberger. He was toying, I guess, with the idea of, re- of retirement. No, no, no. He's going to be playing in 2017. Lock it in. Over uh, in, I guess, the Los Angeles Superchargers, um, new head coach Anthony Lynn has is quoted as saying one of their priorities is to quote unquote they need to get a young quarterback on campus. There's been some other reports out there recently that the Chargers may invest an early pick this year in one of the quarterbacks if they like someone. Big Ben thinking about retirement. Remember Philip Rivers, maybe only a few years left from him. And Ben McAdoo here in New York is saying that Geno Smith could be the heir to Eli Manning. That sounds a little crazy to me. Worry about who's going to be calling plays. Worry about that offense a little bit, Ben McAdoo. Let's Let's worry about when you have Eli. I don't know about if needing to worry about it just, just yet. Keep it moving, though. Top five, dead or alive, here on the Fantasy Freestyle. And, yo, Frank, I want to hear your thoughts on this as it relates to our poll as well. Um, James Harden. James Harden, who, like, is almost also averaging a triple-double. Um, last night, he went for 24 with 11 rebounds, 13 assists. But if you look deeper... He only went 5 of 20 from the field, only 1 of 9 from three-point range. You know, ever since about a week, two weeks ago, in a game against Denver, you know, he banged his wrist, and he actually admitted um, that it's tough for him shooting, but that he's going to, like, in the in the true mold of uh, Steve Smith, he's just going to ice up, son, and he'll be ready to go. Remember a couple weeks ago, he also came out with that quote when, when everybody was talking about the rest conversation and the schedule, and if you haven't, um, if you didn't listen to yesterday's Fantasy Freestyle, we had Tomic Gross on talking about the back-to-backs and the schedule and how it gets worn down, but remember... James Harden, the beard, he's just a baller. What do you say? Something like baller's going to ball, something like that. Hooper's going to hoop. And um, 
I think it's an interesting contrast where he's playing through things at the same point in the season when a lot of other teams are organizing their assets and resting for the playoffs. And he actually had an interesting quote that relates to this. James Harden said that he thinks playing all 82 games should be part of the criteria for the MVP award. I think he's lobbying for the MVP award. And he gave quotes about, you know, that's leaving your teammates high and dry. It's all about the teammates, blah, blah, blah. But this is a team, the Houston Rockets, that are about to be, I think, in an incredible Western Conference semifinal in a 2-3 matchup against, in my opinion, the San Antonio Spurs. I think... I think Harden needs to rest. I think Harden needs to rest. Rest up that wrist the same way Cleveland's doing, the same way Golden State's doing, the same way Kawhi is doing. But Harden is not doing this. I think he's lobbying for the MVP award. Frank Stanfield, you're my resident basketball expert. What do you think about this? I think Harden needs to take a rest. What do you think? Well, the reason why I hate resting so much is for fantasy basketball purposes. And most seasonal fantasy basketball leagues are over or should be over at this point in my opinion. In my opinion, so I have no problem with it. I agree with you. Uh, he should be resting. And do I think it should be the criteria for for an MVP? Not necessarily, because look, guys get banged up. Things happen. There are going to be games that people miss. Uh, and if I had to choose, he would not be my MVP. It would be Russell Westbrook. Fair enough. I agree. I agree with that. Russell Westbrook, who will, in fact, average a triple-double. But I think he makes a decent point in terms of, you know, Herman Edwards, uh, former coach of the New York Football Jets, who I know you and I both love. You know, his, his biggest quote is obviously the hello, you play to win the game. But his second biggest quote that I remember him saying is uh, the best the best ability is availability. And that's what James Harden is doing. And I, I, I don't think that it should supplant Westbrook in the MVP, but I do think it's a consideration. You know, Harden is going out there showing that availability, and I think that's really important. And so we put up a poll on that FNTSY radio Twitter handle. You can get at us right now here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Do you agree with James Harden that playing 82 games should should be part of the MVP criteria, yes or no. Sounds like Frankie Stamfest says no. I say like yes, but maybe not a dominant part of the criteria, but I think it should be under consideration. Let's keep it moving. Top five, dead or alive here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you want to let me know what you think about this hard-in issue, holler at me at 844-843-6879. Frankie, we have like our daily, it's like daily at this point. We have our, uh, you know, we have like our LeVar Ball section of the show. But interestingly enough, this time it's Lonzo Ball talking. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of draft previews, a lot of experts are right now saying that it's that Fultz kid out of Washington that'll be the number one overall pick and that Lonzo Ball will actually be the number two pick or is the number two draft prospect, shall I say. Lonzo says that, uh, he thinks he should be the number one pick. He says he loves Fultz, but he thinks he's the best player out there. Um, a lot of people say that it will be Fultz n- number one, ball number two. Um, Lonzo also saying that he would love to play for the Lakers. That would be his dream. you know. But now it's, uh, it's Lonzo talking a little bit as well. I find that interesting. But, you know, we got to mention something about LeVar Ball. Frank, you haven't heard this, but I, I, I mentioned LeVar Ball now almost as much as I used to mention Jim Bob Cooter. And um, today, one thing that I think is really funny is um, not even LeVar Ball. LeVar Burton. This is the guy who used to be the Reading Rainbow guy. He was in Roots. He was in Star Trek. This guy, his name is LeVar Burton, but you know, it's kind of like a 
case of mistaking identity. He's getting hate tweets from people thinking he's LeVar Ball, telling him to shut up and things like that. So um, LeVar Burton gave an interview to Bleacher Report, and he said he had some things to say back. He said that um, Mr. Ball is a one-person PR machine, that he's operating under the premise that any press is good press. You know, not sure if he's a master self-promotion or remarkably deluded. Maybe he's both. And you know what? That uh, he said he then says LeVar Burton, reading Rainbow guy, you know, reading Rainbow. The more you know, but Frankie the millennial probably does not actually know about that. But then he no compa- clue, no clue. He compares him to Donald Trump. Says that he'll say anything and then double down on it and defy you to believe him. LeVar Ball and Donald Trump. What do you think about that analogy, Frankie? I can see it. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too. Keep it going with the brackets, though. Listen, remember, there was 18.8 million brackets out there. Only 657 of them had the entire Final Four correct. How many of the Final Four do you have, Frank? I had, um, in one bracket, I had one. (laughs) And in another bracket, I had one. I only did one bracket, and I think... I had North Carolina. I think that's the only one. That's the only one you had. Yep. Fair enough. I, uh, you know, I got some family out there in Oregon. Go Ducks. Um, to, to, speaking of Trump, yesterday on the show, I said that he might throw out the first pitch. I got to make a correction. He actually is saying, nah, 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 he can't make it. He's got a scheduling conflict. He will not be out there for all to see on Monday throwing out the first pitch. Um, some people are getting after him, saying that he's like breaking like a hundred year tradition. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to clarify the fake news that's out there. Um, it is not a 100-year tradition. Yes, a lot of presidents have thrown out the first pitch, but this is not something exceptionally crazy. Um, Barack Obama only did it once in his eight years as president. George W. Bush only did it twice in his eight years as president in 05 and 08. But I, it begs the question. You think this scheduling conflict is real? I remember yesterday on the show I talked about, you know, I mean, he only got 4% of the vote in D.C. But, you know, maybe it's potential for a bad photo op. I've seen some pretty bad pictures when people are like mid-throw, you know, in that excruciating face they might make. Um, And maybe he doesn't want that out there for the fake news. Or maybe he'll have a bad throw. I don't know. Or maybe the crowd size will be too small. I don't know. But to correct myself... You know, he's actually not going to throw out the first pitch. Maybe they'll get some uh, army servicemen of the like. And I got to tell you, it's fake news to say that he's breaking a 100-year tradition. It hasn't been done all that often, all right? But when we come back, we're going to check in on some polls. Speeds is going to spotlight his team today. It's going to be the Seattle Mariners. I got a couple of interesting things I want to talk about with my boy Frankie because I'm about the Mariners. And I know that Frankie reads uh, fan graphs, so I want to talk to him a little bit, something I uh, I read there that I think is kind of interesting. Then we move to our television greatest of all time tournament i have a special interview with a member a cast member of one of the shows in the reality bracket a little bit later on and uh we still gonna have some fun we put the fun and functional sports radio it speeds the spitting statistician dane martinez on the fantasy freestyle on the fantasy sports radio network You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, and we are back on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can catch it live Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 p.m., but if you don't catch it live, just subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on that Audio Boom, subscribe on that Stitcher, download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, or you can subscribe on iHeartRadio. This way, you set it and forget it, and Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician, gives you everything you need to win your league and win that cash. I got my boy Frankie Stanford with me on the ones and twos. So many ways for us to help you win that cash 
as you gear up for the start of the baseball season. I know a lot of people are having their fantasy drafts this week. I had one last night right after the show, Frankie. I had to hop in a cab. It was real crazy. I had to hop in a cab because I wanted to be above ground because I needed service. It was very crazy. I was lucky that I was on the turn, so I had a little bit more time, and I just made it, and I have a team name that's, oh, Trey, 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 because I have Trey Turner on the roster. But, yo, whether it's Benny Riccardi and the definitive guide to fantasy baseball, whether it's Joe Pisapia and the fantasy black book, or the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy baseball package for 2017 because it is live and popping. Stay ahead of the competition with in-depth articles and insights from our award-winning analysts. Prepare for your draft with our new and improved cheat sheet generator. Get access to fully sortable projections and over 800 player profiles. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for a special discount on the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy baseball practice. That is what it is. That's going to help you win your leagues for sure. Yo, I want to help you win some cash about the Seattle Mariners, okay? I think this is a very intriguing team. I have seen people predict very uh, things on the low end of the spectrum for Seattle, and I have seen people predict, you know, that they could, you know, contend for the pennant, be in the ALCS, if not more. Let me tell you what Speeds thinks right here. I love this offense. I think they got some pop. I think I like their rotation. I think they got some arms. The question is, can they stay healthy and can it all come together? Look at their lineup. Very, very few lineups in Major League Baseball can boast three guys that I that I will tell you right now will get 30 home runs in the in, in this season. Okay, very few teams can do that. Maybe Colorado can do that. Maybe a great offense like Boston or Chicago can do that. But the Seattle Mariners team can do this as well. Nelson Cruz, not many people are safe for 35, potentially 40 home runs. This guy with an OPS of 915, 96 runs, 105 ribbies, and 43 jacks last year. No reason to think he couldn't do it again. He is a top 10 outfielder in my book. Robbie Cano, top three second baseman. I think he's safe for some smooth power at 30 home runs. And Frankie, I like that you used the Robbie Cano gif when promoting the fantasy freestyle today. That was very nice. I like that because baseball has been very, very good to me. Kyle Seeger as well, yo. Kyle Seeger, I think, is smooth power for 30 home runs. Yo, Frankie, I don't know where you have him, but he is my fourth-rated third baseman. He is my fourth-ranked third baseman in my rankings behind only Nolan Arenado, Josh Donaldson, and Chris Bryant. I guess, you know, Machado, if you count him as well, but, you know, he's got that multi-position eligibility. So I like those three guys for sure. I think those guys are all top. You know, get them in your second, third round, and that's real nice. Um, Gene Segura now at the top of that lineup, too. I don't know if he can repeat what happened last year. Last year, he had a career year, okay? 20 homers and 33 stolen bases was still able to have an OPS of 867, but he's moving to a very different ballpark. Okay, he's moving to a very different ballpark out there in Seattle. is very different from where he was last year. Okay, he does have, however, like I said, this power behind him. So I do think he can thump in some of those runs. I like those guys in the offense. When I look to the arms, and listen, I'm telling you right now, people. I'm telling you right now. And Frank, I want to hear if you agree with me. James Paxton needs to be drafted ahead of Felix Hernandez. You feel me on that, Frank? I don't know if you do, but when you get back up in there, I'm going to ask you that question for sure. I think James Paxton, 
okay, should be drafted ahead of King Felix. King Felix has dropped off for sure. Okay, his ERA last year was up to 382. His whip was up to 132. And, and more disturbing, he only struck out 122 guys in 153 innings. On the flip side, James Paxton, his 379 ERA, his 131 ERA, whip, I think that improves. And he has the strikeouts. He has the strikeouts per nine, okay? I like that. I think he takes a step forward. He had 120 innings pitched last year. I think he takes that step forward. I also happen to like Mr. Diaz as their closer. He has closer stuff with 88 Ks and 51 and two-thirds innings pitched. You also saw him at the WBC, okay? You saw him do work at the WBC, but don't get it twisted. Keep an eye. If you get Diaz, keep an eye on Steve Ciszek. Okay, He's coming back from injury, I believe. But he's an experienced closer, in my opinion. My fantasy Fugazi for the Seattle Mariners, the Fugazi, the guy you need to forget about, is honestly King Felix. Felix Hernandez, yo, I'm telling you, stick a fork in him. He is done. Here's where you, here's where you make that cash, though. Here's where you make that cash. Vegas has the over-under on the Seattle Mariners at 85 and a half wins this year, okay? I think there are other places, okay? There are other places where you're going to make that money. I've been giving you the over-under for every team in the majors this uh, spring training leading up to it. I have the Mariners right around there winning 86 games and competing for the wild card. I'm going to give you my full playoff picks, my AL and NLCS, my World Series pick, as well as my uh, Cy Young and MVP for each league. I'm going to give that to you on the Friday show right before the season and get started. I say pass. I say pass on the Seattle Mariners win total, okay? That's not where you're going to win money. I got better picks out there for you. Um, you know something that I did find interesting as it related to uh, the Seattle Mariners? Because I think the Seattle Mariners are one of these power teams. I like what they're doing with some of their young pitchers, you know, even the, Drew, uh, even the smileys of the world. But it reminds me of um, an article I read in Fangraphs I wanted to talk to you guys about a little bit. They were claiming, you know, basically, you know, Moneyball, right? Moneyball saw these different inefficiencies, right? Things like on-base percentage. And that, a while ago, was a huge, like, new stat. You know, that was like a new stat that people were like, oh, snap, we got to really worry about this. Remember, uh, famously in Moneyball, Kevin Euclid, the Greek god of walks. Since then, there has been such an evolution, though, such an evolution of big data in in baseball, in fantasy baseball, you know, things like war. Then, and, and then we're getting into things like BABIP, you know, and spin rate on, 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 on pitches and exit velocity and launch angle. These are all these new stats that people are looking at. But I read something that I thought was very interesting because what they're saying now is with this proliferation of information out there with stat heads and fantasy and, you know, networks like this one and guys like Speeds and Frankie Stanfield giving you all these advanced stats to make judgments on players. This article that I read, Frank, said that um, the new horizon, the new inefficiency really is actually communication. You know, it's the ability, like, everyone has these stats. The Yankees may have been first to the game when it came to, like, pitch framing, you know, and we're looking at exit velocity and launch angle now and these sorts of things. But an NL um, research, a research and development director and GM said, and I quote, 
the real secret in the discipline is the discipline that it takes to implement the strategy. The execution of these ideas is far more important than the ideas themselves. That tends to be the most difficult thing to reproduce in another organization. So if they don't have that culture where you have guys that the stat heads can communicate this to coaches, you know, and can actually make an impact on what guys are doing on the field. This article goes on to cite that guys like Brian Bannister, who helped Rich Hill last year, you know, or guys that actually showed that with looking at launch angle as a new stat, that maybe you need to have a more uppercut kind of swing. And what that has done for guys like Josh Donaldson, guys like Justin Turner. So it's now not only, you know, taking advantage of these statistical inefficiencies, but to be able to actually communicate it to the players who may be more old school. They need a, they need a guy like Speeds. They need a guy like Speeds, the spitting statistician, right, Frankie? What do you think about this, that the market inefficiency is not the data itself, but being able to translate that to the players? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, too. You brought up the launch angle stuff, yep. and... You know, until players actually know that that's a thing, how can they do it? Exactly. And, that, and now that now that we're seeing them actually take this into consideration, take the launch angle into consideration, it's been widespread across MLB that hitters are hitting more fly balls than ever before. Mm-hmm. Daniel Murphy, look at him. He's a perfect example. Last year had a career year, and that was based on him, uh, you know, putting more lift in his swing, exactly. trying to hit more fly balls, which has and led you to see more doubles in and more swing. home runs. You see it in their swing. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so I think that was very interesting. Yo, uh, Frankie, earlier on, when I was uh, spotlighting the Seattle Mariners, I had a question for you, and that people would think is absolutely crazy, you know, if they were listening a year ago or even right now. I made the claim that I would rather have James Paxton than Felix Hernandez. I have no arguments. Exactly, like, right? You know, I mean, you think, oh, King Felix, King Felix. Yo, Felix Hernandez looked done in the WBC. Felix Hernandez only had 122 strikeouts in 153 innings last year, and that's only going to regress more. My boy Frankie Stanfield supporting me on my claim. That's how, you know, you could almost ring the bell on that one, Frankie. I got another one to find out if you want to ring the bell on my diamond in the rough. For the Seattle Mariners this year, Frankie, is Jared Dyson. Listen, if he gets starts, if he gets starts at the top of that order with power guys like Cano and Cruz and Seager behind them with VR at the top, um, you know, at the top of that, excuse me, not VR, Segura at the top of that lineup also, I think he could be at the top of the lineup, at least in a platoon situation. And, and if he gets some starts, he could steal 40, 50 bases. And in a place where there's, like we've been saying all week, a dearth of steals, maybe that's a little bit valuable to have at the back end of your uh, at the back end of your roster. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I have no problems with that. I mean, look what he did last year. He he consistently steals thirty plus bases, getting what around three hundred plate appearances. So mm-hmm. now we're talking about him. Right. So let's say he gets four fifty, five hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. Or let's say he's at the top of that lineup. You think he is going to be an everyday player? I'm not sure that he'll play every day against left-handed pitching. Right. I think he could get some starts against lefties because I remember looking at his splits, and there was a season where he actually held his own against left-handed pitching. And I think this is a thing uh, with batters in the MLB is that you have to give them the opportunity to play against left-handed pitching for right. them to learn how to exactly. actually do it. So I think he'll play against some left-handed pitching, but mostly a platoon guy because they have some guys there 
Guillermo Heredia. Mm-hmm. He can back him up in center field, so on and so forth. Uh, but I do think a career year in terms of stolen bases is coming. I am bullish on this Mariners lineup. Yep. I, I brought it up early in the spring. Absolutely. Greg Sussman looked at me like I had four heads because it's not it's not a good hitter's ballpark. But you look at the You're one right, through but guys five. Like Cruz and Cano and even Seager, you know, they could hit it out of Yellowstone. And and I, I love Segura too. Like I think the power is gonna come da- come back a little bit right. for Segura. But he is much better than anything they've had at the top of that lineup before, him and Jared Dyson. So one through five, one through six here for the Seattle Mariners. I am bullish on this lineup. I'm a big fan of the Mariners this season. I like that as well. And listen, obviously Felix will still be around. But when you have Paxton, Iwakuma, and, and I think Smiley is going to have some positive regression Okay, in that ballpark as well. I, I know I mentioned him with a little bit of an injury getting scratched from his start. But last year, um, two years ago, Frank, his strand rate was 86%. Then last year, his strand rate dropped all the way down to 67 there's got to be some positive regression there. Again, moving to a nice ballpark. I'm with you. I like the Seattle Mariners. Um, I think they're a team that will be competing in the ALS with Houston and Texas down to the very, very end. When we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we're going to get into the TV bracket, greatest of all time. We look at reality TV, which has been upset city in the brackets, and I have a special interview with a cast member of one of these real-world shows that's uh, right after this fantasy freestyle on the fantasy sports radio network you know what it is speeds the spitting statistician you're listening live Live and direct to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm with my boy Frankie Stanfield. I feel like old times, Frankie, with you producing the show, ringing the bell, feeling good, man. Yo, Frankie Stanfield, I don't know, man. If you don't know, you can catch Frank Stanfield so many ways on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frankie, you are blowing up. What, with Fantasy First Look, Fantasy Best Friends Forever? You pulled double duty throughout the week, no? Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Monday through Friday, Fantasy BFFs from 1 to 2 p.m. Get it. And then Mondays uh, at 8 to 10 p.m., it's Fantasy First Look. Get it. Saturdays, the weekend fantasy update from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I had been doing the, uh, we have been doing the Fantasy Basketball Weekly from 12 p.m. Uh, to 1 p.m. on Saturdays as well. But with seasonal fantasy basketball coming to an end that will cease to exist for now. Frank Stanfield, the workhorse like David Johnson, yo. And yo, check it out, uh, Frankie. We got this uh, poll question up. Do you agree with James Harden that playing 82 games should be part of the MVP criteria? Frankie, you the basketball expert. You said no. Speed said yes. 65% of the people agree with Speed's, the spitting statistician, and think that it should be a criteria. We've gotten some interesting responses, too. I got um, Ben Alistak is asking us, uh, Frankie, should defense be part of the MVP criteria? I think that's interesting. And yes, I believe it should all be part of the criteria, but obviously Russell Westbrook is going to wind up winning the darn thing, averaging a triple-double. I bring up the poll Frankie, because uh, some of the other polls you've been hearing on Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network over the last couple of weeks, as you know, we've been holding a tournament here with Bracket Madness. We've been holding a tournament to crown the greatest TV show of all time, and we are getting down to it earlier in the week. In the sitcom region, we've got Chalk going to the Elite Eight, the one-seed Seinfeld, and the two-seed The Office remain out of the sitcom bracket. We had big matchups yesterday in the animated region, Frankie, and despite you uh, 
voting for Looney Tunes. It was not good enough. Number one seed Simpsons moves on, and the number two seed South Park defeated Beavis and Butthead. I wonder what Scott Engel has to say about that. I know he was doing the voices for me previewing the previous matchup. South Park wins with 71% of the vote. So uh, the chalk has remained one and the two seeds in both of those regions. That will not be the same today. As we go to the reality TV region, this has been like straight up upset city, Frankie. I don't know if you're following this, and you should. Uh, I'm going to tweet out the brackets a little bit tomorrow once we get to the Elite Eight so you can see the whole brackets. But the uh, four teams or TV shows left in hashtag reality are as follows. In one matchup, we have the number seven seed, Cops, which has really blown my mind with how big of a following it has gotten and how much the voters love Cops. But the seven seed Cops is now up against another show that has been a complete underdog. The lowest seeded team still left in this entire tournament, 14 seeds. Somehow Jersey Shore is still alive, viable, and people are voting for the situation and Snooky. So on one side of the bracket, we got Cops versus Jersey Shore. And on the other side of the bracket, we have what I think are kind of two of the best reality shows of all time. We have the number nine seed, Amazing Race, up against the number five seed, Real World Road Rules. And if you've been listening to Speeds and Spitting Statistician throughout this tournament, you know that going into the first round, I had an interview with former cast member of The Real World, Irulan, who was on the Las Vegas episode, uh, season. She came on, talked a lot of smack, and they're still alive. So it gave me an opportunity to uh, talk to Irulan again. This was recorded a little bit earlier today. My interview with Irulan, where she you know, previews the matchup, shows a little bit of love for her competition, The Amazing Race, also gives us a little bit of inside dirt on why she was real happy. Uh, she beat America's Top Model, and we finish it off talking about yet another alumni of Real World Road Rules, who you may not know, but also has a very big weekend in the sports entertainment industry. All that and more as I talk with Irulan, representing the real world in the TV Greatest of All tor- Time tournament out of the reality region. Let's get it popping. Okay, here we are. Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician. We are joined now by Irulan from the Las Vegas season of The Real World. Irulan representing the five seed in the reality bracket, Real World slash Road Rules. Uh, welcome back to the show, Irulan. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back. Absolutely. So we uh, we had some time with you before the first round of this tournament where you guys were up against Big Brother and you eked out a close victory with 51% of the vote. Then you guys moved we'll on. Absolutely. Hey, it's a win, right? Then you guys moved on to face America's Top Model and you guys destroyed America's Top Model with uh, 87% of the vote. That lands you in the Sweet six. You are one of the 16 shows left, maybe one of the greatest of all time. So how does it feel? It feels great, I gotta say. <laughs> Somehow being a part of this competition just brings out all of my uh, competitive spirit. And I like that we're holding court. Okay, okay. Well, let's see, because I got to tell you, I think you guys are up against a serious contender in the reality bracket in this next matchup. You are up against the number nine seed, a traditional reality show where teams compete for a million dollars. You're up against the amazing race. And I heard before you telling me you're kind of a fan of that show yourself, huh? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because while I feel like we deserve to win this whole thing as being pioneers of reality television, uh, I'm a 
big fan. I'm a huge fan of Amazing Race. I think it, I think it is so exciting, and and people that do that show must just have a certain something for adventure and experiencing new cultures and traveling. And the Irulan of her 30s would very much like to give a go on Amazing Race. So wait a second, what are you saying then, Irulan? Are you telling the listeners out there on the Fantasy Freestyle and on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network that are voting on Twitter at Fantasy Radio and at Spittin' Speeds that they should cast their vote not for your show, The Real World, but instead for The Amazing Race? Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. I never said such things. Okay. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I have to give Amazing Race its due. But I do feel like Real World being the very first reality television show out there deserves to take to take the trophy and wear the crown because we're what's up. We started this whole whole shit today. All right, all right. And one of the things you guys talk about on the real world all the time is that you you keep it real. So, Erlon, let's ask, uh, how about you keep it real with us, the listeners here at Fantasy Freestyle? I know you said you had a story about someone involved in that last show you guys beat on America's Top Model. Can you keep it real with us? Give us a story. Well, actually, I didn't have the opportunity to call in uh, last week when we were going against uh, America's Next Top Model, but I did have a little moment that I wanted to share with listeners because when we were filming the show way back when, uh, the cast of Real World Las Vegas actually got the opportunity to meet Tyra Banks, and it did not go well. I will tell you that. Oh, no. I will tell you that. No, no. Homegirl, so full of herself. I mean, you know, everything aside, she is a, a great businesswoman, she's a boss, she's killing it in the game, all those things. But the personality and the bedside manner is just totally lacking. She just, you know, she had her nose in the air, she thought she was better than us. She um, actually uh, came up to our seat and hung out for a little while, but then she was, trying to, she was trying to run everything. She was telling us to put out our cigarettes, we couldn't drink too much. She actually, um, she actually left without signing a waiver, which is why you never see her on the show. But just, just mad uptight, yo, mad uptight. All right. Well, good thing then that you guys kept it moving because you guys do in fact keep it real. Irulan, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you two more questions around the sports world that have to do with Las Vegas. One, I don't know if you know, but the uh, Oakland Raiders have decided they are moving to Las Vegas. And I know you talked about all the partying that went on out there, some of the scandals and the drama. You know, there's also concerns with gambling obviously out there what advice would you have to any of the members of the Raiders that are now going to have to try and remain as finely tuned athletes and stay focused and competitive out there in Sin City I don't feel confident. <laughs> I, I think I think they are going to need need to seek some Jesus. They need a little Jesus action in their ball game in order to stay afloat because it is serious. It is serious out there. It is very very hard to resist the temptation. Okay, okay. And my last question for you is, uh, you know, Real World slash Road Rules has moved on to the Sweet 16. Hopefully they get to the Elite Eight. Maybe we'll bring you back on show. But there's another cast member of that show that's got a pretty big weekend himself. I don't know if you're familiar with The Miz, but with WrestleMania happening this weekend, The Miz is one of the headliners of WrestleMania fighting against John Cena, a former WWE champion. And you were telling me before that you remember him when this was all his dream. I, I mean, I can't even. I get. I still get goosebumps to hear 
hear you say that he's going to be in WrestleMania. Like, after we finished filming the show, there was a bunch of us that moved out to L.A., and we would hang out and spend a lot of time together, go out to bars and stuff. Uh, back then, Mike the Miz Mizanin was just a boy with a dream. He had his own hype music. <laughs> he had, like, a little theme song that he would get himself pumped up with, and all he wanted to do was live and breathe professional wrestling. And now I cannot believe it. He has risen to the top of the WWE empire, and he is like Hulk Hogan status. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just. I'm so happy for him. Absolutely. So it is a big weekend for you guys. Hopefully Real World Road Rules moves on. Hopefully The Miz does his thing at WrestleMania this weekend. Thank you so much again, Erlon, for joining the show. And if you guys move on, can we come on back and uh, talk to you again? Absolutely, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Irulan, for again joining the Fantasy Freestyle with Speeds the Spitting Statistician, Dane Martinez on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A lot of stuff to react to there when we come back. Erlon throwing shade at Tyra Banks, throwing out government names of The Miz. I know Frankie Stanfield has a lot to say, and we'll check in on the matchups, see how we're doing all that and more. Speeds, the spitting statistician, Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, and we are back live on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, 7 to 8 p.m., live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We do it five days a week, but you could also subscribe and download anywhere you get those podcasts, whether it be Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Uh, Frankie Stanfield, a lot of stuff to react to. Irulan, I thought, came out firing, representing real-world road rules in the TV greatest of all time to be the TV GOAT. They might be the GOAT of reality TV. They got a couple of matchups to win, but she was throwing shade at Tyra Banks, huh? Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised by that. I'm saying, <laughs> right? I thought that was interesting. Also, Frankie, I know you're a big... Uh, I know you're a big wrestling guy. Yep. And I know uh, WrestleMania is this weekend. And uh, I thought it was interesting, Erlon, reflecting on when uh, The Miz was still kind of like, you know, hadn't started his career and this was a dream for him. Kind of interesting. Did you know his government name like that? Yeah, I actually did. I know uh, you're a big wrestling fan. I'm sure you did. Uh, No, but it is really cool to hear about, you know, a guy starting in reality television and then transitioning into wrestling and how, you know, they all knew it was his dream and he would get pumped up and stuff like that. And now it's actually a reality. It really is cool to to see and hear about a guy coming full circle like that and actually achieving, you know, what he's wanted. Uh, And he's, he's been killing it, man. He had a great year. I mean, talk about his... Wasn't he, was, he like the champion for a while or something? He was the intercontinental, the intercontinental champion. He might not be champion. the best in-ring performer, but in terms of actually entertaining you, he is one of the best in the business right And he now. is a heel, so people love to hate The Miz. But let's get into what these matchups are right now. Okay, right now, Frankie Stamp, I think, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how. It, it's very crazy to me, but people out there love cops. People out there absolutely love cops. You know, maybe cops is the original reality show. I'm not sure. 
Right now, Frankie, 75% of the people have cops over Jersey Shore. I didn't think Jersey Shore was going to make it this far either, but um, cops is real big. I underseated cops, it looks like. I think they are a serious threat to go all the way. I don't know if this is a good commentary or a bad commentary on folks out there, but they do, in fact, love cops. Uh, Frank, where would you go in this matchup? I actually voted in another unpopular opinion. You voted Jersey Shore. I actually did. Uh, okay. You know, I'm not was surprised it, you, you by like the, the situation and Snooky. <laughs> I'm not surprised by cops because they have a cult-like following. They everybody, really do. Everybody loves cops. I've never really got into it. I mean, Jersey Shore was just kind of like a joking thing for me. Right. right. I watched it in college sure, with my friends. Sure, That's what they all say. We, we would play games like wherever, wherever they would say completely blasting You would like things. take a drink? Yeah, we would start drinking. So it was like a college game for me. And because of that... I actually really enjoyed Jersey Shore, <laughs> okay. so I had to vote for them. Well, listen, man. Remember, you can lobby for the Jersey Shore if you want, Frank. Uh, get on out there. Tell people on Twitter, on Facebook, that they can go out there and vote at Spittin' Speeds, at Fantasy Radio. That's the way you go. And remember, we just had Irulan on, and uh, maybe people that were listening are liking it, because right now it is, in fact, the five-seed real-world road rules with 57% of the vote. This one is a little bit closer, but real-world is real right now in position to move on. There's still plenty of time to vote. Remember, catch us at FNTSY Radio. You could always follow me in uh, everything we be doing out there on at Spittin' Speeds. And Frankie, um, like I said, it's been so great to have you uh, producing for the last couple of days. So I wanted to go back to, um, you know, when we put the fun and functional sports radio throughout the fall, talking together with things like Fetty Wap Wednesday and giving out our DFS lineup and ringing the bell, things with Jim Bob Cooter and Quincy Inunua, going back to the old days. But um, the old days, like it was like four or five months ago. But um, one of the things we used to talk about and even play on air, Frank, was... Uh, Le'Veon Bell and his rap career. Remember, we debuted on that fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We debuted his track "Focus" um, a little bit later on in the season. Uh, I played. He had a battle diss track going at Skip Bayless, and what I actually thought was not that bad. Now, Frank, do you know that uh, Le'Veon Bell dropped his album post interview recently? No, I have no idea. Oh my goodness! Then, then, then Frank. I got to tell you this, okay? Not only has Le'Veon Bell dropped an album on iTunes, but what if I told you that it was in the top 10 on iTunes right now? Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not making this up, bro. I'm not making Dane, this up. are you up. in on that? I'm not making this up. I'm telling you. You can go to iTunes right now. You can see him. He, he has, like, um, snapshots of the top 10, like, on his Twitter following. Like, when it dropped, he, like, he was really tweeting about it. It's climb up the charts. It was, like, at 14. Then it was at 12. Then it, went, it got into the top 10. Le'Veon Bell, literally top 10 downloads. Maybe it's in the rap or hip-hop genre. I'm not sure. But he's got a top 10 album out there. Um, how does that make you feel, Frank? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I, I'm saying, I'm saying, and I, and I mean, apparently he's dropping a video on Friday, so maybe I don't know. Are you producing the show Friday, Frankie, or, or is Chris Bavona back? We got Donnie Burns in Bavona the building. Bavona should be back. All yeah. right, all right. I know Chris Bavona loves playing the tracks. He's dropping a, I think he's dropping a video. For wow. one of his tracks, and listen, I'm all about people exploring their creativity, you know. But Le'Veon Bell has been real busy this off season, didn't he? he? He's got an injured groin. 
You know, they might have surgery, might rest up on. He's taking he's taking homegirls to the prom or at least trying to. He better stay focused himself. He had that track focused. He better stay focused going into that contract year. You know, we talked about David Johnson being the number one pick. Speed's the spitting statistician, has always loved L Bell. He has even named fantasy football teams for him, call me on my bell phone, lay on a prayer, uh, two of them. But, yo, maybe he needs to actually stay focused because the Pittsburgh w- uh, Steelers' window is not, like, incredibly uh, large and open. Remember, we talked at the top of the show about Big Ben only considering. But, yo, Frankie, the other thing we talked about is uh, remember back in the day how, like, you know, you were such a millennial and I was so Gen X. So I wanted to have some fun and go back to the steroid era and give you the top five seasons of the steroid era, in my opinion. I got this from uh, thelead.com. They do a great job with lists and other stuff. You could sign up to the Quickie. Uh, they'd be doing that newsletter out there. I get a lot of fun stuff out there. Um, and they, gave a, they did a list of their top five uh, steroid seasons. I kind of disputed their order, but I don't know. I want to find out, Frankie, if you know about these seasons and these guys and how dramatic they were. And in, in, in order from five to one, in my opinion, the fifth ridiculous, most ridiculous uh, steroid season, John Jaha in 1999. You know about John Jaha, Frankie? No, not really. Exactly. This dude, this dude, I was like a nondescript player altogether. Then out of nowhere, hit 35 homers and 111 ribbies with a 970 OPS. Then he was, had a ton of injuries, was out of the game two years later. Jay Bell in 1999. This is a middle infielder who was like a glove defensive guy. Then out of a sudden, out of nowhere at age 34, 38 homers, 112 ribbies with a 931 OPS. That Those totals were more than his first six seasons combined. He, too, retired two years later. Number three, Richard Hidalgo in 2000. You know about him, Frankie? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was a decent prospect. But then out of nowhere, 314, 44 homers and 122 ribbies. Then, you know... and. And in 2000, that was only good enough for 20th in the MVP voting. Talk about inflated stats, huh? 314, 44, 122, good for 20th in the MVP voting. That was, like, right the heart of the steroid era. Then the top two seasons, and I think that there's no questioning. These are the top two seasons. The first, Frankie, I know you're a millennial, but you got to remember 1996 Brady Anderson for the Baltimore Orioles, okay? This guy was a leadoff hitter. This guy was a leadoff hitter, battling injury, had his average all the way down to 260. Then at age 32 in 1996, he goes 297, 50 home runs and 110 ribbies with a 1.033 OPS. But that's not even the biggest one. Frankie, for Yankees fans like us, the biggest one, Luis Gonzalez in 2001. He's a solid hitter, right? 10-year average of... 816 OPS, 10-year average of 16 home runs. Then at age 33 in 2001, 325, 57 home runs, 142 ribbies. That guy cheating along with um, them not closing the dome when Mariano Rivera was on the mound and the other cheaters like Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson on that team. That's why we don't have that great uh, 2001 World Series. I consider them still the World Series champs. Hey, Frankie, you know what about any of those guys? Some of them. Yeah. Luis yep, Gonzalez yep. definitely, definitely rings true there. That, that's saying. a tough one. Why you got to bring that up? I know. Dang, I know. Why you gotta bring I'm that up, sorry. Man? I'm sorry. I'm wearing my Bernie Williams jersey today. I know. Why you got to bring it up? Man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, yo, we'll be back tomorrow, though. We'll be back tomorrow on the Fantasy Freestyle and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Maybe it'll be Frankie Stanfield in the building. Maybe Chris Bavona will be back. Maybe it's my boy Donnie Burns. Uh, I don't know. His AAU team is in Nationals. But uh, we're going to be doing it big regardless. Spotlighting the Oakland A's and talking about the TV bracket in the 
drama region, which has been stacked. All that and more tomorrow on the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm your boy, Speeds, the spitting statistician. Thanks for listening live to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We out. Aha!